What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Letterman Row, and welcome to another off-season report. And welcome, I guess three welcomes, to a position week. It's the first week of the summer as far as Letterman Row is concerned. We are kicking off position weeks with the most important position on the field, the quarterbacks, the Ohio State quarterbacks. And Tim, Andy, Andy Backstrom, Tim May, uh, 40-year vet, uh, second-year guy. Uh, I'm just Spencer Holbrook. We'll get those out of the way. The Ohio State quarterback position is interesting, guys. Uh, we're going to dive right in. We're not going to waste any time. Um, you've had three straight Heisman finalists. You've had three straight first-round draft picks. The positioning in the draft has gone up every single time because I think the talent level has gone up every time. You went from Dwayne Haskins to Justin Fields to C.J. Stroud. Now, now is the test for this Ryan Day program. Tim, I'm going to start with you. Just, just the state of the position. You've got Kyle McCord. You've got Devin Brown. Um, I guess you could throw interest in Jebbia and, and uh, Lincoln Keenholz, but this is a two-man race to be the starting quarterback. And whoever wins this job has absolutely enormous Heisman-sized shoes to fill. Yeah, they do. I don't know if I agree with you. In the, uh, I mean, I think Justin Fields, man, extremely talented, both throwing and running, but that's another story. You know, the funny thing about it is uh, Cal McCord, who is the odds-on favorite to be the starter for all kinds of reasons, uh, number one, which he's been the backup for two straight years uh, to uh, C.J. Stroud. Number two, he started and won a game. And number three, he's the guy who finished the spring while Devin Brown was nursing the fracture in his pinky on his throwing hand. Um, uh, Cal McCord could be a combo uh, that you're looking for again in this position, meaning uh, C.J. Stroud proved he could run against Georgia, but not before that, unless you count that uh, first touchdown he scored against Michigan State long ago. Uh, but uh, adding that running element back to the position, which I think Ryan Day uh, and and Corey Dennis and the and Brian Hartliner seem to be uh, hell bent on doing this year, making the zone read option a true zone read option. Uh, Cal McCord proved in the spring uh, he can do that. I mean, we all watched him run around right in one day, and uh, even though it was just tag him and get him, no one could tag him and get him, and uh, so. I, I think he has a chance to be sort of a combo of all these guys. Plus, he's been in the system now uh, longer than any of those other guys were when they became the starter. Uh, you know, three be going into his third year, uh, and so I think it bodes well for him to have a a pretty decent year. I'm trying to remember. Dwayne Eskins Jr. might have been no, uh, yeah, he might have been a third year guy too. But uh, but the yeah, he was a third year guy. As uh, Spencer is shaking his head. Uh, in the affirmative or nodding his head in the affirmative. Uh, but the bottom line is I, I think they're poised at quarterback. Like I said, that's not the position that I think is the most acute going into preseason camp of who's going to be what, because I think they have two capable guys here, but Cal McCord will be first in line. Andy? Yeah, look no further than Vegas, which has Kyle McCord tied for eighth right now in Heisman Trophy odds, according to FanDuel. And, you know, that's really just faith in the Ryan Day system, faith in the quarterback pipeline at Ohio State. You can even sub in Devin Brown's name there. It's really not saying, hey, Kyle McCord's going to be the starter, even though he's projected to be. It's more saying whoever is the starter at Ohio State has a chance at that Heisman Trophy. And, you know, I think right now it certainly seems like Kyle McCord has the leg up, but there's something to be said about still not having named a starter. I think they want the competition to continue really to have both guys push themselves to be better players, whether that's for the now for Kyle McCord or for the later for, for Devin Brown, maybe. 
but I do think that they're both talented. It's it's not a bad spot to be in with two former five-star guys who are highly touted in their own classes and both can do a lot. You know, Devin Brown is often talked about his mobility, but as Tim just mentioned, Kyle McCord can run too. Um, but I, I think they both possess different qualities and, and Ryan Day has talked about that in the past. Kyle McCord often touted for his arm strength and his ability to drive the ball downfield. Devin Brown, we've already seen in spring, make some of those off-platform throws and just having a really good feel for the game, even just in his second year. Yeah, this quarterback battle, I guess, is interesting. I, I did not, and I know that they said the right things if they would like to name one by the spring. Ryan Day said that in 2019 when we all knew that Justin Fields was going to be the starter, didn't name him in the spring. We knew C.J. Stroud was going to be the starter in 2020, uh, or 2021, rather. Uh, he didn't name him in the spring. He named him in August. The two quarterback battles that Ryan Day has gone through as a head coach have been decided on August 17th and August 19th. This is not a new position for Ohio State to be in. Even if Kyle McCord would have blown everyone away uh, in the spring, and I'm not saying he didn't, but I did not expect Ryan Day to name a starter regardless of what he was telling us, just because history repeats itself. History is what it is. He's shown us what he does with these quarterback battles, and it, it wasn't going to stray from that. Now, with that being said, do I think that the quarterback battle is dead even right now? Absolutely not. I've been on record since early March with both of you guys that I think it's going to be Kyle McCord. And, you know, you could, I guess, cut to the chase and, and just go ahead and do that. But that, I don't think that would serve anybody correct, you know, or serve anybody right in this. Uh, naming Kyle McCord, you know, does what does that do for Devin Brown? What does that do for Kyle McCord? So I just think that that this quarterback battle, Ryan Day's playing it the way that he always does with these battles. He's making sure that he, you know, crosses every T, dots every I, gets everything in order. And then, you know, by the middle of August, I think you'll have a starter. But, but Tim, you said it best, this quarterback position, it's in good shape. And Andy, you said it best. Both of these guys have really good traits that make them each unique. I'm going to be doing a, a thing on LettermanRow.com. You know, I did one yesterday, do one today of, you know, the case for these guys to each be the starter. Kyle McCord's case is pretty cut and dry. Devin Brown's not so much because you're banking on a lot of potential. He was the number one overall player in on threes, uh, 2022 rankings when it was all said and done. So it's just an interesting conundrum or dynamic between, uh, you know, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown and what Ryan Day has to work with Tim. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, us making bold predictions right now is, is pretty interesting because like you said, nothing has really changed from the end of the season until now about what you think about the pecking order at quarterback. And of course the only guy's opinion, uh, the only guy's bold prediction, and it will be bold for the, it's always bold for the head coach when he names his starting quarterback, this is the direction we're going. And this is the guy who's leading, going to lead us there. That's always a big moment uh, in a coach's, in a coach's uh, career, in a coach's year, and definitely in a quarterback's career. I think even Kyle McCord probably believes he is going to be the starter on September 2nd at Indiana. There's nothing wrong with thinking that. I think Devin Brown probably believes he could make big strides in preseason camp and, if nothing else, establish himself as being quite capable of driving uh, this car. And like you touched on it earlier, this is sort of like getting handed the keys to a to one of the uh, Oracle Red Bull uh, F1 racing cars, uh, like like Andy was talking about there about uh, where Kyle McCord ranks 
in the Heisman Trophy odds is because of the machine he's stepping into as much as it is because of him. And uh, so, I, of course, I used a racing analogy there because that's what I do. But, yeah, I don't – you know, it's, there's no need to, like, dance around the fact that we all believe Kyle McCord is number one for all kinds of reasons. It's, it's kind of hard to even sort of have a, a legitimate debate about it right now uh, because Devin Brown is the one – is the challenger has to step up and uh, and grab the steering wheel in August. Andy, I would argue though yeah. that I would argue though, Andy, uh, to maybe get your opinion on this, that Devin Brown is almost like a wild card in this, and it's weird because he's the challenger, and usually the wild card is like the third one that that could be an option, and he's just the 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 chief challenger to come accord, but. We also don't know what we're going to get from Devin Brown. We've seen it in practice a little bit. We saw it in, uh, you know, the Peach Bowl practice when he's hitting long touchdown passes to Keon Grays, but he's never thrown a pass in a competitive game for Ohio State. And you just scratch your head and wonder, like, what what are you going to get from this guy? And so I'm not saying that we know what Kyle McCord is because he's only had one start. He's played in a lot of garbage time games. But we really don't know what Devin Brown is, and that's what makes all of this interesting is Devin Brown's is almost solely a projection. Yeah, I mean, that can be a good thing too because we just haven't seen the full ceiling yet. And I think, you know, I wouldn't really peg him as, as a wild card per se. Like I, I do think that he is maybe lower on the ladder right now than Kyle McCord just because of experience differences and everything you guys have talked about. But I do think that there's something to be said about him being in this race. Like it is a competition for you know this purpose of driving you know each player to get better this spring and in the summer and at the very least like it's a good situation for him to be in he said he wants to be here regardless of win or loss in this quarterback battle and if he sticks around and let's say Kyle McCord has a season maybe not quite like Dwayne Haskins had in 2018 but but something similar to the point where Kyle McCord leaves for the draft and as a first round pick, well, then Devin Brown slots right in as the quarterback for next season. And you're not looking at a two years down the road. You're not saying, oh, I need to transfer. It's a better situation to be in, to learn a little bit more, to maybe get some experience in, in mop-up duty like Kyle McCord's had the last couple of seasons, and then to step in. And I think that's a lot better for the program to see that, hey, it is competition right now, but if Devin Brown loses out on the competition, it's not the worst thing in the world. And quarterback depth in general, I mean, Ryan Day kind of hammered this home. It's so important right now in the sport. I mean, we've seen at the NFL level, we've seen at the college level. Look at the national championship in college football last season. You have Stetson Bennett, who would have really never had this remarkable career that he had at Georgia had there not been injuries in front of him. And he gets a shot in 2021. Look at Max Duggan, who started last season as a backup, then ends up being a Heisman Trophy candidate and star. You need to have depth. You never know who's going to go down, and it's really a good situation to have to have two guys that you think could be a starter. And Tim, they even have a third. I mean, it's not. I I don't put him in the same category by any means. Uh, he's at. He's very much a finished product. We know if you turn on the tape from Oregon State, you know what you're going to get. But Tristan Jebbia, who's a glorified position coach now, a mentor for these guys. But hey, if if bleep hits the fan and you've got to bleep gotta put a quarterback oh no there. not some bleep if you got to put a quarterback there in a pinch it's a family friendly show tim we, we we keep it pg uh 
And, uh, you know, if you need to, you can keep it TG with Tristan Jebbia and put him in there in a pitch. So I think that, the, you know, Ryan Day was very wise in bringing him in. I wrote about that again Tuesday at LettermanRoad.com. Like, yeah. he's a guy who you don't want to use. And I said in the story that Ohio State was relegated to using him as the second quarterback. But you can use him if you have to. But if you don't, then he's just a mentor for those guys. And he's almost like what Ryan Day categorized as a backup quarterback in the NFL who's a veteran like a Josh Johnson or one of the McCowns or, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, he's smart. But what you get to, he's experienced enough and smart enough to know don't go in there if, in fact, you know, push comes to shove and the bloop or goop, bleep or, or goop hits the fan, yeah. not to go in there and just, you know, wing it. I mean, he's uh, – and I think he proved during the spring, too, he's he's in a different offense, and he proved during the spring the, the times we got some – not necessarily in the spring game, but he can throw the ball. He can throw the ball down the field with authority. Forget about, you know, forget about the little – flips to the running backs and the outcuts. I mean, he can throw the ball down the field. And uh, so he kind of, he kind of fits. I mean, I don't put him in the same talent uh, in the same talent uh, parentheses as I do Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, just pure raw uh, a talent. But, but between, between the years, he seems to be a very sharp young man. And of course they're bringing Lincoln Keenholz along. They really like the, just the competitive nature that Lincoln Keenholz is going to bring to that room uh, about wanting to play and coming on fast and being an athlete, an all-around athlete. But, yeah, Tristan Jebbia is quite the insurance policy that they picked up, you know, for really for a bargain rate. Sounds like one of those uh, – uh, maybe he'll be doing a commercial for one of those insurance companies one of these days uh, uh, about you know, getting a lot for a little. But the bottom line is, yeah, I think Tristan Jebbia is great insurance for this battle. And, you know, we've seen it happen. Uh, guys go down at exactly when you don't expect it, uh, 2014. But really, Ohio State's been pretty lucky with its starting quarterback situation <clears throat> since uh, JT, Bar- JT Barrett's, what, senior year? They've really pretty much had a starter pretty much uh, finish what he starts, so to speak, with a few exceptions. And if, Andy, if Tristan Jebbia is not the third-string quarterback and he truly is just a mentor, Ohio State has a really talented option coming in this summer in Lincoln Keenholz, who's you know true freshman from from Pierre, South Dakota, a rare South Dakota product from Ohio, going to Ohio State. Uh, but but he's not a a slouch, so to speak, just because Ohio State added him late in the cycle. And you don't know what you're going to get from him as a true freshman. But by all accounts, he's really smart. By all accounts, he's going to pick up the offense pretty quickly. And by all accounts, he's going to make sure that he uh, you know gets in there and does his work and is able to, you know, make a move and try to become a third-string quarterback. Yeah, you really have to trust the evaluation of Ohio State here and and their pedigree with finding quarterbacks because it's so hard to evaluate a recruit that comes from a state like South Dakota where the competition is just lower. And so their star rating, their national rating, and everything like that is just a little bit hard to read because they're, they're getting knocked for the competition. They can put up amazing numbers, just as Lincoln Keenholz said, and they will still have something against them just because they're not playing the talent of Texas, the talent of Florida, the talent of New Jersey, you know, you go on. And I think, you know, yeah, he's, he's a second ever South Dakota signee for Ohio State. This is something, a different wrinkle, going in a little bit of a different route for the quarterback recruiting for Corey Dennis, Ryan Day, and company there at Ohio State. 
but he there's so much to like. I mean, look at the competition level of just him as a competitor playing not only football, but also basketball and baseball. He's hitting home runs. He's averaging close to 20 points per game on the basketball court. And of course, everything he does on the football field is quite appealing too. And then when he goes to the All-American Bowl this winter, he throws two touchdown passes and he looked like he's just fine against this high level of competition, which I think was a really important moment for him and his confidence level and for Ohio State fans that want to be like, okay, this, this guy fits in. Um, it's not just a total risk they're taking on this recruit. So I think that was an important moment for him. And I'm really curious to see how he does with, with development here in his first summer at Ohio State. It's really weird, Tim, because you look at the, the history of Ohio State quarterbacks. Let's go uh, all the way back. Braxton Miller and Cardale Jones, in-state legends. That's not all the way back, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> JT Barrett from Texas. Then you go Dwayne Haskins from a very talent-rich area uh in in the dmv then you go to uh i mean you left out a guy in there i mean cardale jones from cleveland glenville i said his name when you you were saying all the way back i said his name oh okay i didn't hear it i was too busy laughing (laughs) then you go to justin fields from georgia very talent rich area do i need to keep going cj stroud southern california you know the story there you go even signing quinn ewers throw him in there from one of the best high schools in america uh, Joe know, Burrow, Joe Burrow from Ohio, uh, an in-state guy. Then you, uh, you know, the lineage continues. A good talent area in Philadelphia with Kyle McCord. Then you sign, uh, you know, Devin Brown from Gilbert, Arizona, who's that's a really, really good area. Even though he played his final year of high school in Utah, and then all of a sudden you throw in Pierre, South Dakota. It's just an interesting dynamic that the Buckeyes went out. And yeah, found but I'm, I'm, yeah, I was, I was just thinking about that as you were, as you were talking too, and I'm just thinking, you know, Pierre, South Dakota, Athens. Ohio from a competition standpoint, you know, I mean, they played, you know, big, what do you call it? Whatever the big cities are, you know, in uh, South Dakota and probably, uh, you know, neighboring States, they probably played those kind of teams too. So they played the decent competition you could play from that area. I guess is what I'm saying. And just like Joe Burrow did uh, at Athens. And, but you're right. I mean, the bottom line is, and Andy touched on it, man, what Lincoln Keynotes found out in that All-American game was he belonged, you know, he belonged in that, in that group of elite players, just like Davis and Nick Benoson said when he transferred here. And I asked him about, you know, having to fit into that room and, you know, and basically I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, it's not so much that you go in uh, with your, your hat in your hands and, you know, hey, whatever he, he knows that they know that he's a good player that he belongs in that room you know the cornerback room at ohio state and that's how you get acceptance uh and i think lincoln keynotes will prove that to everybody and uh he has nothing in my opinion to be ashamed of because guys like you just pointed out Professor, they come from all over the place uh anymore and it and most of these guys get great tutoring as they're coming along i'm gonna have a story about that with devin brown here later this summer now, the tutoring he's gotten all along along with for example, playing for former Ohio State quarterback of some great repute, Joe Germain, when he was in high school and until Joe Germain went to another high school. And, of course, uh, Devin transferred to Corner Canyon High School in uh, Utah to finish out his high school career. And he got great, great coaching there. But he's also got a tutor on the side, you know, for one of another term. So all these guys are, are come in pretty sound in fundamentals and everything else like that. It's just – stepping up when your name is called and 
all of these guys want to start, even Tristan Jebby, I guarantee you, even though he wants to be a head coach one day, he wants to he wants to start a game if if you really probe him. Yeah, and Tim, you might be the only person in human history to compare Athens, Ohio, and Pierre, South Dakota. As somebody who spent four years in Athens and a memorable week in in mid in the middle of South Dakota. Uh, actually, a year ago, about this time, uh, I can tell you I would never compare the two. Uh, Why? The what was wrong with Pierre? What was wrong with Pierre? Nothing was wrong with Pierre except my car broke down. My in-laws' car broke down, and we had a heck of a time trying to get home. But that's you were at altitude. Day. You were at altitude. Your car should have been detuned. The bottom line is, I think they played very uh, – a point I was making, I think they went against very similar competition, Joe yes. Burrow and Lincoln Keenholz in high school, you know, when you're trimming it down to something like that. Yeah, maybe high school level uh, comparable. Uh, scenery, definitely not comparable. Uh, no. Again, oh, I didn't mean a, that. I didn't mean that story. by any stretch. That's a story for another time. I'm just messing with you, Tim. Let's get out of here, fellas. Uh, quarterbacks, check. Position week, check. Letterman Row will continue to roll along. Come back next week, tight ends. Uh, the week after that, running backs. The week after that, wide receivers. And right on down the line, as Tim may like to say, the 40 year bet. He's right there on the other side of your screen. That's Andy Backstrom. I am Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching the off-season report presented by Buyers Auto. Quarterback week, all week at letterman.com. Come check us out. You can get a great deal uh, if you go there and hit the subscribe button. We're always there talking. The Letterman Lounge message board is the place to be. Check us out. Hit the little bell down below for YouTube's notifications. And we will see you back for tight ends week next week at letterman.com.